So when you're breathing in this really fast way, you're depleting levels of CO2, your oxygen levels you think are increasing because you're taking in a lot of air, but you're actually not able to use it. So what happens is that it temporarily in this moment in time shuts down the blood flow of oxygen from your blood to your brain. Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Ferris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. I'm so excited because today we have a very special guest. And for anyone who's listened to the podcast at least once, you've definitely heard me talk about inward breathwork and how it has changed my life. And I've totally manifested this guest today because by some beautiful manifestation, we got connected to Amanda through Inward and I was like Amanda who is the owner co-owner of Inward Breath I was like please come on the podcast I need to hear all about Inward and breath work and share with the audience because you know I'm always talking about how much I love breath work but I don't know too much about the science behind it and like how much breath work is like how powerful it is and I just really want to share that message because it truly has changed my life and I just speak on it in my personal experience, but I am so excited to have you here to speak on the expertise of breathwork. And so everyone after this podcast is going to be like, holy shit, I'm joining inward and I need to start breathwork. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today. So first off, I just want to kind of like introduce yourself, you know, how did you start inward? How did you get into breathwork and just spill the beans for the audience? Okay, amazing. So hi, everyone. I'm Amanda. I'm one of the co-founders of Inward Breathwork and Inward, which is also a physical location in Toronto for hot, cold therapy. So the sauna and the ice bath. Um, It's so nice to be here with you all to talk about my passion and essentially what has taken over my life. And um, every waking breath um, is really focusing on it now and focusing on breathwork. And the journey is interesting. I would say it started... Well, I would say my whole mindset changing and focusing on myself, I would say, started about eight years ago when I met um, my partner now, Harry, when I moved back from New York City. Um, I was living there for four years modeling, um, and I got scouted at grade 10, plucked off of a basketball court, and I was thrown onto my first runway was Prada, and I walked for like every brand you can think of, and it was a really weird experience. Um, it was really amazing, but I was fifth, like the ripe age of 15 years old and kind of thrown into a really hectic environment um, that I didn't necessarily seek out myself. So a uh, little, <laughs> little to say, I didn't really have much of a mindfulness practice then. I was essentially like a in puberty teen and trying to figure out myself and um yeah it it was hard and that was where I first kind of realized I needed to do something that um allowed me to release and I, I had a lot of anger it was I was a really different person um and I woke up one day and I think my mom passed me the book, The Secret, and she's like, Man, to read this book, like this is gonna really change your change your mindset. And it it was like a cosmic shift that happened after I read that book I just completely realized that you know my the way I 
the way that I project maybe how I was feeling or emotion is just going to keep attracting things in my life. And it was really evident um, that I had to make a change. And that was essentially was, I tell that story because that was the beginning of essentially a shift in my mind. And that got me into starting to do yoga and just different types of workouts and breathing when my flight got canceled every two times every week and just kind of understanding that I had control of my own emotion. Um, and then when I woke up one day in New York, I'm like, I can't be here anymore. I need to, I need to leave. I had a really great time, but I'm ready to move on with my life. And when I came back to Toronto, um, I met the love of my life, Harry, um, who I'm with today, still eight years later. And we met actually on a dock where I am actually, I'm up in Georgian Bay right now in Northern, uh, North of Toronto. And we met on an 80 foot long dock. It was a full setup from my mom and his uncle. And, um, it was love at first sight. And from the moment we've met, we knew we wanted to do something together that helped kind of feed our souls and to help others. I always just always write in my journal, like, what do I want to do with my life? Like what, what makes me happy? And it was always um, helping other people, helping other people. And I always thought that was kind of a weird, I thought it was a cop out. I thought it was this weakness in myself, which was interesting. And I always kind of pushed it back down. Um, and then it wasn't until we realized what it is we love doing, which is the hot and cold and saunas. And that was the place where we opened up and we felt our best and we could bring in different modalities like sound healing and yoga and chanting and just weird things you would never do anywhere else. I was like, this is it. And it's making people feel good and it makes me feel good. So that was essentially the birth of our concept. It was started with the hot and cold. Um, and then breathwork came in Um Actually, Breathwork came in at Burning Man. So Burning Man, I'm not sure if anyone knows on this podcast, um, it is a f- art music festival in Nevada, Black Rock City. And I have gone four times and it's, it's like essentially changed another major milestone in my life. It changed essentially the way I think about myself and human interaction and the way a community and world can exist. Um, and I stumbled into a breathwork class that one of our um, one of our campmates was leading. I remember him and I remember him kind of talking around our camp, like, "Hey, everyone, I'm going to lead a breathwork today." I'm like, what the hell is breathwork? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, "All you gotta do is lay down. You know, we're gonna have music on. It's gonna be really relaxing. Just come." So um, we went, and it. Oh my god! It totally. It's gonna sound like a ridiculous story. Completely blew my mind it was about an hour 45 minutes of breathing um and 15 minutes of a meditation at the end and the first I remember the first 20 minutes I was having a hard time surrendering um I was also on mushrooms so I was kind of it felt it felt like a lot um it felt heavy and just intense and then after about 20 minutes I fully fell into the cycle of my breath and it became automatic which is what he said it would and then I fully was fully gone in terms of my left my body and I was essentially communicating and holding hands with everyone that I had met in my past that made an experience in my life and like that made an impact I remember like rubbing my hands together being like whoa this is wild like who am I feeling what is this and um then all everything went red these hypothetical chains broke off of my wrists and I felt this liberation of being free for the first time um and I came out and I was a shell of my former self I was crying uncontrollably like shaking and Harry was looking at me he's just like you are so raw right now like what happened and 
again, massive milestone shift. And I haven't really quite been the same since. I've just been calm and confident and in my body and in myself, just more holy than I ever have felt. Um, so yeah, that was five years ago. And that brought back from Burning Man, the passion for wanting to understand how breathwork did that. And, um, you know, how we have this tool on us all the time and we're not taking advantage of it. So that kind of kickstarted the kickstarted the whole the whole excursion and journey into this into this world. So that was a long winded answer, but it's a lot. Oh my god, I like had no idea that was the story and I'm so obsessed with it. I really need <laughs> to start like recording my face during these interviews because no one else can see, but I'm like Okay, we have so many synchronicities in this right now. I watched The Secret yesterday, and I'm not. No, you didn't. Yes, and (laughs) same thing for me. Like five years ago, I watched The Secret, and it completely changed my life. Yeah. Same, like same way. I was like, oh my god, my thoughts. This is how I'm attracting everything in my life. And if I change my thoughts, I change my life. And that's how I like moved from Canada to Bali, and I. It grew up on Georgia Bay. So where are you oh right now? Oh my god, this is so weird. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I'm up. We drive to Perry Sound essentially, and I'm out on an island, um, Chamberlain Island, which is about it's near San Susi, so near like Frying Pan Island, where Henry's is. Okay, okay. So I'm like more like south than that. So I grew up in um like near Collingwood area, but on oh, yeah. Georgia Bay. Oh, the other side. Yeah, so the other side yes. of the bay. Oh so my I, god. I was like, oh my god, I like you're in georgia bay that's like my home that's so weird and then okay and then also my first breathwork experience was very not i wouldn't say to like that extent but um i don't even know if i mentioned on this podcast but i did my first breathwork in bali about a year ago and it was at radiantly alive i don't know if Mm. you know that it's in a boot and me and my friend it was kind of like like a year ago I feel like breathwork for in my circle at least was just kind of popping up I would like hear the word ever so often I was like this sounds cool this sounds cool and from one of our friends she said that she went to this breathwork session Mm -hmm. um and it completely changed your life so we're like yes let's do this we have no idea and I remember going and being like this is good I'm like babe we're gonna sit here for an hour and I'm gonna breathe I'm just gonna be so (laughs) bored and I'm like okay whatever like surrender to the um the situation and I laid down there and I was like okay this is like so weird like I'm just breathing everyone in this room is just sitting here breathing like it's gonna be a long hour <laughs> and then I I did the same thing where I surrendered it to it and I I don't know what happened like I mm-hmm. felt like I was what I would assume would feel like to be on acid because <laughs> yeah. I like left my body I was uncontrollably crying at some points and I was oh, uncontrollably yeah. laughing at some points and I like saw all these visions of things that have happened now happened and I'm like I, I was like I don't even know what to, and when we came out of it my friend was like across the room from me which I'm kind of happy about because I don't know I think I had like some sort of out-of-body experience and mm-hmm. it was so incredible and I was like like I just have to understand right now that I just all I did was breathe like for an hour and and it's like so fascinating to me isn't it wild I love everyone's first time it's like the best I yeah oh my gosh remember when COVID first hit and we started doing um because we used to do in-person breathworks and then COVID hit and we had to take everything online and we were attracting people that had never done breathwork before but always coming which was the beauty of essentially going online because it opened the network um but 
oh my gosh, coming back onto the screen after and everyone's just like full tear face and they, you know, everyone had a crazy experience. It was their first time and doing breathwork the first time is never like your 50th time. It isn't in terms of like, I don't know, it's just like going on your first roller coaster. Like you don't even know what to expect and you didn't know it could happen. And people are so raw and so pure that it's this really amazing, it's probably one of my favorite things about facilitating is just seeing everyone's first time and uh, yeah, hearing their experience. So I think that's so interesting. And so can you describe to me like what actually happened? Like why, why do we go to such a almost mm-hmm. like it seems like you're on like what would happen during like a psychedelic trip. Like does some part of your sure. brain activate and like, yes. is this like a theta alpha situation? Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So essentially you're playing with their body's chemistry levels. So think about when you take an inhale in, you're taking in oxygen. When you exhale, you're expelling CO2. But when you breathe in this really fast way, which is how you get to these activated states, you're taking in what appears you think a lot of oxygen, but you're also, um, sorry, you're taking (laughs) my God, my chemistry right now. I talk about this all the time. Um, okay. Yes. You're actually, so you're taking in a lot of oxygen, but you're also not, you're not expelling as much CO2 as you think you're actually expelling a lot of oxygen as well, because you're breathing in this really fast cyclical way. So your oxygen levels in your body actually begin to drop. And that is a really interesting thing to play in and your CO2 levels drop. So it's contrary because you're taking in a lot of air, but you're not able to actually use the oxygen properly in your blood. You need CO2 present. CO2 is this kind of chaperone um, gas that allows for the facilitation of oxygen to be pulled into your body and used in your blood and then from your blood to be used by your organs. So if you're really depleting the levels of CO2 by exhaling fast, then you don't have enough CO2 to allow for the oxygen exchange. So I know that's a kind of a chemistry situation here. Um, so you need CO2. A lot of time people think, oh, CO2 is like an off gas. It's a poisonous gas that we have in our body. But CO2 is so crucial. And I'll get touched on that a little bit more later. Um, so when you're breathing in this really fast way, you're depleting levels of CO2. Your oxygen levels you think are increasing because you're taking in a lot of air, but you're actually not able to use it. So what happens is that it temporarily in this moment in time shuts down the blood flow of oxygen from your blood to your brain so if you think about the time when you get up and you're like oh I'm really lightheaded I'm dizzy it's like this rush of blood right that happens so when you're breathing in this way you're not getting as much blood to your brain and then that temporarily again shuts down this prefrontal cortex which is the part of the front part of your brain which is responsible for your um like your thinking, chattering, annoying mind that essentially with psychedelics, you're able to shut, shut, shut off. And that when you shut off that part of your mind, then you're able to tap into the underlayers, the things that we can't hear, the things that we don't listen to. So that's the exact thing that happens with psychedelics. And then with breath work, you're able to do, again, the exact same thing, but using your breath by playing with the chemistry levels. So when you shut that down, then all of a sudden you're able to access, I like to think of it as, you know, actually we have clients that have gone to therapy for years and then they do breath work and they are finally able to process the feelings they can't talk about. They feel the feelings they can't even access when they're sitting there for, you know, many sessions with the therapist who's saying, 
like dig deeper, tell me how you feel, like the classic question, they, you can't quite get it into words. But with breath work, you're able to bypass the, the basic mind and dig into things that we didn't even know were there. And that's why it's used to heal trauma. And that's why it's used to pull up a lot of emotions. That's why you cry. That's why you uncontrollably laugh. Um, because you're tapping into your subconscious. Um, and that's a really beautiful place to play in. Um, like I said, that's the place you play in when you're on psychedelics. That's why you have these um, profound state shifts and um, why you come out just feeling you know, liberated or having a new thought you've never thought before um, because of that whole experience. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, that was beautiful. Okay. So okay. it almost sounds to me like, I mean, you said it, and I'm super into like conscious, unconscious, like your subconscious mm-hmm. mind. So am I right in saying that it basically shuts off your conscious mind so you can listen to your subconscious mind? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For cool. sure. Well, this is why I like breath work so much. I'm really <laughs> obsessed with subconscious mind work so this is all making sense to me now yeah this was so excited to have you on because I'm like I know I'm having these profound shifts but I actually don't know what's happening I'm just going with it (laughs) yeah it's so interesting and that's also why I know like you do a lot of manifestation and probably just like future work and everything like that and it's so powerful to do things like that before going into breath work um because you're gonna able you're starting to constantly enter like a flow state through your breath. And in these slow states, you're able to reprogram your subconscious. And if you go in with these thoughts of, you know, what you are looking for in your life, and then usually in our breath works, we have subtle cues about like, what's something you want to bring to your like forefront? What's something you want to let go of? And we, we have these subtle cues that we've light, layered in um, with the help of this, like a lot of hypnosis we work with and NLP. And essentially, because you're in this vulnerable state, so let's start to rework the pathways let's start to rework the frame that we have and the talk we have in our head about ourselves because in this moment you can um and the more you do it and the more you repeat it then the more it actually will become true um not just in your heart but fully your brain is being reprogrammed um through these subconscious belief patterns so it's really there's so much to it it's not just lying down and breathing there's there's it's really really powerful of what can happen um in a shift you can have wow so would it be considered like almost similar to the type of rewiring you can do in a hypnosis session? Yeah. I mean, yes, because, and I, the reason I say maybe not every single time, but I would say there has to be subtle cues layered, layered into it because you're in that vulnerable, vulnerable state that, um, you know, there's different types of breath work. Like you can be breathing to really fun music and the whole thing is just all about energy boosting. And we have a lot of sessions like that, which are so great, but then, um, having sessions that definitely begin with breath work and end with hypnosis or there's hypnosis layered in, like I said, is just, it's so, it's so great. Um, so yeah, if you have access to even more hypnosis than we have, then for sure go for it. And, um, yeah, I, I would definitely couple them. It'd be really amazing. Wow. I didn't even know about that. So mm-hmm. I do hypnosis in my work. Um, cool. so you're really inspiring me to like, do a hypnosis and then do a breath work yeah oh my god that's like the trifecta or like yes trifecta three but tri- I don't know what the third one is but <laughs> it's great <laughs> um well that's so interesting so it's clear like your passion has really come from the shift that you've seen in your life mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's come from the shift I see in my life and my 
I mean, like close family members. And now obviously there's just the people, you get messages every morning about how much, you know, we've changed people's lives and what's happening. Um, so that definitely is like the fuel to the fire to keep going. But yeah, for me, it was a personal thing. It was, it was, I was at this point in my life where I was just discovering and kind of, I would say reprogramming who I am in a, in a loosely termed way, just because like I said, I used to be different. I used to hold anger and I used to get a lot of anxiety and not, I wouldn't say anxiety. I used to be too stressed out. Like I would let things really affect me and it was such a dumb way to live. Um, and actually there's proof in this whole medicine right now is that uh, a few weeks ago I came downstairs in the kitchen and Harry was already outside for our morning walk. We just moved into a new house in our dream neighborhood in Cabbage Town in Toronto. And Yay. we're Harry's outside. I walked downstairs. I thought I was hallucinating. I'm like looking at the kitchen ceiling. I was like, what the hell is happening? Is it, I think it's I think it's gonna explode. It's fully bowed, it's fully bowed, and it's like the bottom of a boat, the whole kitchen ceiling. I run outside, I'm like, Harry, something's happening with the kitchen. He's like, What? I'm like, I think the ceiling's about to explode. And he comes in, he's like, Oh my god. And we call our Uncle Pete, who's like our ultimate handyman uncle, and he's just like, Okay, just gently poke the lowest spot with like your finger or pencil, like just gently see what happens. And six liters of water poured at the ceiling. We had three different bathroom leaks. Like the whole ceiling's ripped open in the kitchen. And I am actually so happy this happened because I was I was cool as a cucumber. I, I did not even I didn't I didn't even raise my voice. I think I was laughing. I videoed it to show my family to be like, this is what's happening in our house right now. And the video is actually me laughing. Like, oh, this is the ceiling now. And Harry and I cleaned up all day. We didn't fight. I, it was it was like a shining light. Harry kept looking at me. It's like, Amanda, like you would have been a fucking psycho. I would have actually been a crazy person just seeing red and just screaming and making like making the situation 10 times worse. And I didn't. So for me too, it was just like, oh my God, this is working. Like I've completely changed my nervous system, um, which is what breathwork does. It just goes in and re essentially allows you to take control and essentially use your nervous system as this really powerful tool that otherwise we just don't take advantage of and we let it kind of control us so wow that's amazing so you walk the walk and talk the talk and that's what I love yeah I love that's beautiful um I actually wanted to go back and this is like so random I know you just skimmed over this but can we talk about Burning Man for a hot sec oh my gosh it's the best (laughs) that is definitely on my bucket list and I feel like whenever oh. I talk about it, people are like, what is that? So can, just for everyone I listening, because I feel like people might be like, what? what is that, you know? So can you just yeah. try to <laughs> describe like, what, this, what this is? For sure. It's So Burning Man, like I said, it's an art. Like, on top of it all, it's essentially an art festival that happens in Black Rock City, which is in Nevada. And essentially you drive out. It's about two hours from Nevada and um, – or from Reno. And you – enter it's like you've landed on mars as soon as you pull into the area there's there's a gate you have a ticket there's seventy five thousand people that go so it's a massive massive festival it becomes the third largest city in nevada during this time and it's a pop-up city essentially and what's amazing is that i didn't really understand it till i went and it might be hard for people to wrap their head around is there are 10 major principles of burning man um you know there's radical self-inclusion there's um uh, oh my god I'm blanking right now there's so many I don't know the exact words of them all right now but they're all essentially like you take care of yourself you have to supply something to the community it's um there's no money and 
um, it's all about leaving no trace. That's the biggest one for me is leaving no trace. And that's the one that's carried into my life personally here, among others, especially the radical inclusion and um, other things. But essentially, Burning Man itself is an organization that supplies porta potties. And that is it. Everything else you see at Burning Man, the camps, the roads, the um, the art everywhere, it's all put on by the people that come because they want to supply something that's beautiful, that makes the place feel like a city. So it's not like other music festivals like Coachella, for instance, where like they built the stage and they supply this and then and, and, and you're just like having a ticket showing up and you just like party and you leave. This is creating a community and a new way of life. And when you show up, you build your camp. You have to essentially supply everything. There's no, there's nothing like, oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot scissors. Like I can go grab scissors from someone. No, it's radical self-reliance. You have to have your own scissors. You have to be able to support yourself there. And then when that happens, it becomes this really well-cogged machine of you're there, you're in your own space, you have your things you need, but then you're there to supply and help as well. But you can never help asking for something in return. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'll help you for five bucks. There's no money. There's nothing. So that the principles that are lied down for that create this unbelievable environment because when there's no money involved and there's no trade or bargaining, it becomes acts from the heart. You fully are doing things because you care and you love someone and you might not even know them. It's a full stranger. And I remember my first time I went, oh my gosh, I remember my first time I went, I went to the bath, I, I went to bed, I was exhausted because there's just so much action. There's 75,000 people, there's camps everywhere, everyone has their own camp, there's these dirt roads that get carved out just from people biking, um, and I was just like, this is so insane, I don't even know what's happening, I'm so exhausted, and I built our camp all day with the team. So I go to bed, wake up in the middle of the night, and my bed is a yurt, so a yurt is essentially this little shift pod building we build, and in it is two King Air mattresses, and our clothes all hanging on everything we bring out it's or you have an rv but our camp does yurts and i remember i went to the bathroom like have to pee and i have to walk across the street to the porta potties and as i'm crossing the street a giant a giant pirate ship like wooden pirate ship (laughs) huge on wheels drives past me in the middle of the night all lit up and people are like dancing on it and having fun there's music i'm like what the and it's not like a toy pirate ship it's a full life-size pirate ship that drives down the street and that's what happens. The art, the art pieces are out of this world. They're so decadent. They're amazingly built. Um, and then I woke up in the morning and as I walk out to the street area to check out what's happening, I have three people. Good morning. Oh my gosh. Come and give me hugs. Like, is it your first burn? Have an amazing time. Like I got hugged three times from point A to point B, which is probably a hundred meters, just people saying good morning. And like I at that point was living in a condo. I don't even know my neighbors. People don't talk to each other in the elevator. It's like a very cold existence in certain places. And I was eye opened to how people can be nice to each other with nothing and not having no ego attached and having no um, agenda attached is the big thing for me is like people aren't talking to you because they're trying to hit on you they're talking to you because they want to talk to you like they want to get to know you and and the other question that I always found shocking which actually for my first burn I I struggled with a little bit I struggled with the I struggled with how to fully make conversation with people I didn't know because in this world you go to a bar you go to a restaurant you meet someone you're like oh hey yeah where are you from like what do you do and that does not exist it's not a question you ask it's it's never 
because that doesn't matter. That's like a that's a it's a mask we wear in this real world. It's not really who you are. So I remember sitting in on conversations and hearing people talk, and within minutes they're talking about something so existential and big and and deep. And I'm like, how did you even get there? Like I don't even know how to start that. And it took a whole burn, and it took my second burn until I felt really comfortable and. And now I have this insane group of friends who we talk about the most beautiful things. We talk about the miracles of life and nature and relationships and each other. And it's never, I remember my first time, I didn't even know what half the people in my camp did as jobs. Like one guy's a full French Canadian rock star. I had no idea. Most of them are lawyers and doctors. I didn't have any clue. Like they're just people and it shows the humility of people. Um, so it's so much more than a music and art festival. Then, of course, they burn these gorgeous uh, camps go out and these volunteers build these massive wooden structures that you walk on and play on. And um, essentially, they're buildings that you build. And then on each night of the burn, they're burnt down. Um, and it's this symbolism of um, non-permanence. So it's the non-attachment and enjoying something when it's there, but if it leaves you, then that's okay. And it's the team um, that came together and did something beautiful and it's the memories and the friendships that were built out of it. Um, so it's it's moving. It's honestly, there's lots of tears, there's lots of emotion and there's everlasting friendships. Um, we always say that one week on the burn with someone is is like 10 years of friendship and it truly is I have all of my friends now are from this community um it's really beautiful wow okay I've never heard it described that way and I'm like <laughs> ready to book my ticket um, oh my gosh you have to. <laughs> anyone's ever thinking about going you have to go it is so beautiful that sounds more than I ever even thought like I've always looked up to it and knew that it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't know much about, you know, when there's like those things that you just know you want to do it and you don't really know why. Yes. <laughs> and I've actually don't even know if I've met anyone who's like gone. Um, I think, I think I had, I knew one person, but I didn't know him well. So we didn't really get into it. And I think it was at like some sort of work thing. So I don't think he felt open talking yeah, about, like, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Like what he's just done. Um, yeah. But that sounds incredible and more than I was expecting. So it's a, is it a week? It is a week. Yeah. It's a full week. Wow. Um, you can go, some people just go for the weekend. Um, but they're kind of like the LA crew that it's close for them just to drive out and, and Oh, I had to say something else. The other thing is that I said that, that I brought back into my, into my life here is the leave no trace. So imagine 75,000 people all going out. Everyone's bringing their food, their costumes, their this, their that. You have zip ties. You have like so much construction materials. You're building, you're taking down, you're setting up. You have fridges. And there, you when you leave your site, which gets granted to you if you have had a good reputation every year, um, you have to make sure there's not even a piece of hair in the sand. Like there's, there's nothing that's left. So you're not going to a, like, you know, you're not riding your bike around Burning Man and going to stop at someone's camp and like leaving your water bottle there because there's no plastic water bottles. You have to bring, you know, your own water jug to fill up. And if you leave something on the playa and someone watches you drop it, they, you will, it will be insane. Like you can't, <laughs> there's not even a thing about littering. There's no garbage cans out anywhere because you're responsible for your own. You keep a little fanny pack and your garbage goes in that. You bring it back to your camp. It goes in the bag. You bring it home. It goes to the dump in, 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 uh, in Reno. 
And I'm not kidding. I remember my first burn. We walked hand in hand, all 35 of us in our camp, and we're just scourging, looking at the ground, looking, looking, looking. You have a little baggie, pick up the tiniest thing, goes in the baggie, goes in the baggie. And at the end of the week, Burning Man organization, they come in, I guess, two weeks after it's finished, when the whole place is fully taken down. It takes a few days to take down your camps. They go in and they rate the camp. So you see your camp on a map and they'll give you like, yeah, red if you're dirty and you're not welcome back um yellow if it was okay and then green and if last year last time burning man happened i guess two years ago um it was beautiful most of the map was green but they make a statement like if you are yellow or red yellow is a warning and if you're red you're not welcome back to your camp so it, they take it seriously and that shifted into my life like all of my friends no one will buy a plastic water bottle. Everyone, anywhere we go, we all have our Yetis. We all have our thing. We all have something to be able to take our coffee or anything in. Like we won't leave garbage. And it's just a beautiful thing that has been brought into my life because someone's going to take the garbage somewhere. And if you're creating it, then, you know, we live in a world here where you have garbage men, but it's going somewhere and it's living there. So might as well try to reduce it in some way. Wow. 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 Um, that is like so it almost seems like they're creating a world within a world. Yeah. To create more positivity among this world so that like what you learn there you can bring this could sound That's very a- weird, but like bring back into the world. It's like it's a trip. <laughs> you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it on its head. They're actually building um the organization bought a plot of land close to where we go every year and they're building this future city essentially. And people that go to a lot of people that go to Burning Man are very wealthy entrepreneurs in certain camps and they're just forward thinkers. And um, I forget what, I think it was Facebook or LinkedIn. One, one of the founders of one of these tech companies, they went and they had a psychedelic trip at Burning Man and had the idea of their business. Like it's like this weird, crazy vortex of creativity and essentially they bought this plot of land i could send you after this email of this website they're building this city of the future and they're taking all the brightest minds of people that are part of burning man to create a completely sustainable city that actually has zero waste at all um it's taking rainwater it's cleaning it, it's using it actually to be able to supply the houses it's going to have um all these like decompostable things like it sounds very basic what I'm saying but the technology behind it is wild and it's coming from the people that have been there so it's uh I think it is I think they truly are trying to figure out a way to like help Elon Musk like make people live on Mars because the that's how it feels when you're there like you're on Mars it's wild oh my god you should be a literally sales rep for (laughs) (laughs) so do you have to get invited in like how do you get into Burning Man you have to it's like a full um, lottery for tickets every year so as soon as the tickets go on sale you have to create an account and if you've been you have like an email and a password and um, you go on and you cross your fingers and you push start when as soon as it opens and you have this like little man that runs and the bar is like for him to hear for him to get to and he depending on how many people are on it will either freeze your computer all of us are messaging each other like oh my god I'm frozen like and you usually have your aunts and your cousins and your grandma on there as well, trying to get tickets for you or for someone because it is really hard. Um, so that's the basic lottery to get a ticket. And then they have um, 
which I love as well. They have employment. If you have, you know, if you're struggling financially, uh, you can apply for a different set of tickets, but it's still also a lottery for that. Um, and then your camp, if you, ha- so essentially every there's camps at Burning Man, or you can go just by yourself and a tent, um, which is really hard for your first time. So I would not recommend that. Um, but for camps, you have to kind of be invited in or know people that, um, that have been and are part of a camp and, the camp, if they've been getting green status every year and they welcome back and they su- you, you supply something to the playa. So our camp does hot dog day and we supply like thousands of hot dogs on the playa. We bike out a barbecue and we cook them out there. Um, and that those camps get a certain allotment of tickets, like I think like 10 tickets a year that they get to always have. Um, but then wow. the, the camp has to fill up so everyone else is on there on the lottery and yeah, if you really have your heart set on going, you will be able to go and you will be able to get a ticket. You just have to look in the right places and talk to the right people. I am taking a quick pause on this week's episode to tell you about my one-to-one business and mindset coaching. You guys, I'm so excited. So I just opened up another round of my business and mindset coaching and I'm just over the moon excited to have new members into this container. So what does it look like? It's a six-month program where I work with you one-to-one to scale, grow, or build your business of your dreams. And we come at it from a way of intuition and really also creating a business that has time, financial, and location freedom. Not only do we work on the strategy, but we also focus on the mindset because I always say, and we talk about it in this episode, that you can't out-strategize a poor mindset. And so we get the business foundations going and then we get your mindset healed and rewired for abundance so that your success is inevitable. And if this is speaking to you and you're listening to this episode and you're like, you know what? They are right, and I need to, you know, speak to my intuition, go for what I want, and I'm just needing support on how to get there. This container is for you. So there's a link in the description of how to apply to work with me. It's a no obligation, so you can just apply, and based off your application, I'll figure out if we're a good match to work together. I'm only working with individuals who are freaking ready to go all in and go to that next level. And if you just want to read some testimonials about the container and what has happened in these past six months with my current clients, it's the transformations have been insane. People making double their amount of money, working half as many hours. One of my clients actually increased their income by 900%. (laughs) And also... A lot of my clients have found and now are pursuing their passion and are working in a business that feels good for them and have left their nine to fives and built actual a business that allows them financial freedom so they can do what they want. And you know what? Oh my God, you guys, as I'm recording this episode, I just got a person applying for who just submitted an application. <laughs> oh, I just love the world of manifestation. So If this appeals to you and if this sounds like a hell yes, I would love for you to apply. The link is in my bio for more information around the course and what's included. And I cannot wait to see your application. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, 
Well, like we were just saying before, like this about the secret, if you're thinking about it and you want mm-hmm. it and you are desiring it, you deserve it and you'll go. Mm-hmm. If it, I feel like if it's meant to come with you at the right time, exactly. um, which leads me to a different thing that we're, I want to talk about. We kind of touched on a few times in this interview, which is plant medicine mm-hmm. um, and psychedelics. So what has been your experience? Like, How did you get into that journey? And was it before breath work? It sounds like it was before breath work, and like, how has that helped you on the same kind of trajectory of changing your life? Yeah, so it's so interesting. Um, psychedelics, I was not involved with at all until I met my partner Harry. Um, he essentially his story is really interesting. He was a college hockey player and also went down to the states for hockey and essentially discovered mushrooms and. It, totally shifted his mind and changed the way he thinks about just his entire life and the world. So he, when I met him, I remember I was really nervous at first. Like I didn't, didn't really tap into any of it. Had never even smoked marijuana. I remember the first time I did it with him, I was like, this is weird. I don't think I inhaled properly because I didn't even feel anything. I'm like, I don't think I'm doing this right. Um, but then my first time was that Burning Man. Yeah. And I remember that was, it was acid and it was pretty it was pretty overwhelming because it was just Burning Man is like you're already on drugs you don't need to do drugs in Burning Man it is so intense <laughs> the music and the lights and like a actual pirate ship driving by you that you're like I am sober and this is happening so it was overwhelming my first time and um it wasn't until I think I think it was probably when we came back we had this friend who has this amazing farm north of Toronto and his aunt actually is a retired neuroscientist and she's just this long beautiful gray-haired woman she's older and she um we got invited up to her place and we did psychedelics with so much intention and she did them with us and she gave us her garden tour and she's just fascinated with the brain and the way that this can essentially rewire your thinking um, so I felt very safe. I felt very held and I'm with, with my dearest friends and we did mushrooms that time. And oh my gosh, I had, it was amazing. We, it was a lot of intention. We meditated with the mushrooms. We did it in a tea actually. And, um, then we went, after we drank it, we went around the garden and I remember starting to kick in and understand seeing the plant. And we just did a garden tour before that, but it was a totally different garden <laughs> tour. And I was just communicating and seeing the plants and they're moving and everything is alive. And it was just wild. Obviously everything's living, but when you are under the influence of a psychedelic, everything is truly breathing with you. And it's so beautiful. It really makes you, I don't know, appreciate you can never log a forest if you've done mushrooms, in my opinion. Like, your tree is right there in front of you, fully breathing <laughs> and fully living. And I think everyone needs to tap into this to understand to understand that. Um, and it was beautiful. And I laughed so much until I cried. And, um, you know, it was just very mind-opening. And it showed me kind of this new way that is in my mind. I remember coming out of it and the whole drive home to Harry. I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? Like, it's my brain like I didn't change a person like this is in my brain and he's like yeah you're just shutting off the parts of your brain again that thinking analytical mind and when you do that you're able to tap into things that are always there you just can't access them on normal waking states of consciousness so it was just so beautiful and that kind of enveloped and developed into um, intentional 
use of the psychedelics and you know as a team when COVID hit we all went up to a cottage and we just essentially sat there and manifested and meditated into what is happening and we just at that point lost like the development of this giant 15,000 square foot bathhouse we were building because of COVID so it was a lot of shift happening and um, it just brings you to a new place of understanding that you know like you make these situations in your mind to be so grand and exaggerated and stressful and really it's not like that's not even life like life is what's happening right now and in this moment um, and when you begin to understand that and it's just understanding present states then um, nothing that happens is really that shocking or that big of a deal going forward and it you know it teaches you a lot and um, yeah I'd say my favorite my favorite one is San Pedro, which I've just recently tried. Um, and it was it's like the grandfather. They say ayahuasca is the grandmother and San Pedro is the grandfather. Okay, <laughs> this is another sorry, weird thing. I just have to stop you because um, there was another thing that came up that I'll remember that I was like, oh my God, I read. Oh, okay. I just want to say that I had just interviewed a, a woman last week and we talked about psychedelics as well because I'm super fascinated about this right mm-hmm. now. Well, I have been for a while. And she, I've never heard of San Pedro, and she said that was her favorite as well. And I was like, literally never heard of it. And she talked about the grandfather thing. Oh, so yeah. please keep going. I'm freaking oh out. I think, I think I'm being tested from the universe right now. I know. It's so many things. Um, yeah, it is so, it's like a gentle giant. And it is, unlike, mushrooms are amazing, but they can be challenging. Like, they're showing you things you don't want to see, and it's, hard and it can take you into a dark place but the dark place is there to show you something and learn in san pedro everyone talked about it and they always like it's the gentle giant it's the grandfather it's very calming it's going to show you and connect you with nature like you've never experienced and i was like okay they're like but like you might feel really sick at the beginning so uh we were with the team again and we were up at a cottage and um yeah we all drank it's it's like a cactus and it's ground up into a powder is how we had it you add it a little bit of water but you can't have too much water because then it congeals and it just tastes not good so you do a little bit of water shoot it back and then it takes about an hour to kick in and oh my gosh you feel so sick it's really hard like I was fighting the nausea for I would say an hour like feeling really terrible couldn't stand up straight I'm like oh my gosh this is going through my system and I don't know. I think even that process is so beautiful because it's just grounding you. It's like bringing you down to be like, no, listen, like I'm here. This is it. And pay attention to me is how it felt. Um, and oh my God, it was raining and I was laying in a bunk bed with Harry and oh, I just, I was just talking and talking to him and I couldn't, I don't even know where the words came from. It was like I was channeling, I don't know, channeling something and it I was speaking I want to say like in an Alan Watts profound way I don't even know what was happening Harry's like Amanda like you're making these connections on the universe and yourself like what is how you're this is so beautiful and and it just felt this it was this connecting it was this connecting medicine that brought me down to like a level playing field with everything and it just made me realize so many things and then we went for a walk and the trees I've never seen this the trees actually are lined with the neon purple and pinks and they were breathing and moving and the colors shooting out of them shooting all the way from the ground all the way up to the top of the tree were neon purple and it was in the tree like it was 
oh, it was like Pocahontas stuff. I'm like, this is completely <laughs> insane. Um, I just remember smiling the whole time, just being like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I've never, and I can't look at trees the same way. I can't look at nature the same way. It's totally like I look at the tree and I'm like, I know you have purple inside of you. I've seen it before. Like you are so <laughs> beautiful. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was very grounding, very centering um, and very calming. So it's a really nice one. Uh, I would recommend. Have you ever done psychedelics? You've been hearing all about them now. Oh my god! Wait, I first have to say, like, you sound like the best boss ever. Like, are you? What are you hiring? Like, I need to come to these team meetings. <laughs> I know, you're so great. You're a great team. <laughs> oh my god, I've never tried them, but I've been psychedelics have been in my, just like, been calling me for so mm-hmm. long, but there's never been an experience where I felt so grounded that I'm ready mm-hmm. to use them, or not ready. I've always been ready to use them, but was in a space of like okay now I want to use them with so much intention and almost as like yeah. a tool to unlock my brain that's um, it exactly exactly and so I remember I actually first got into it because of Tim Ferriss actually oh cool. um yeah I'm such an avid listener I'm like avid obsessed with the four-hour work week that's what kind of got me on this journey and um and on his podcast he interviewed what's his name I think he wrote The Plant Paradox. I forget his name, but um, he's a very well-known doctor in the U.S. Okay. And he also wrote a book about psychedelics. So when I first listened to the podcast, I was like, this makes complete sense to me. Like, this sounds mm. epic. And then now, I'm sure you've heard of MAPS. They're like yeah. that nonprofit throughout the U.S. which are yeah. basically bringing psychedelics into therapy. And I'm like, this sounds like the coolest shit ever. And so... The only issue is that in Bali, if you get caught with alcohol or like drugs, it's death sentence. I know. I, know. I remember in so, Singapore, it was the same thing. It's like, so I'm very, it's not so accessible here. They're definitely, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing here. Um, It's just not something I've, the time hasn't come yet, but it is close. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do a whole podcast episode and I'll let you know what happens. I oh freaking hope I see that. Also, it's going to be so cool in a booth, like being, I say it so funny, by the way, but just like having that experience in the freaking jungle. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all I want. Oh my gosh. For sure. You totally should. It's, yeah, it's very mind opening. And I think everyone in their life should definitely tap in at one point. <laughs> Yes. Also, I've been um I've been watching this show on Gaia called like Psychedelica, mm. and it talks about like the history of psychedelics and how we've been using them for generations. And oh, yeah. it basically got cut off by the drug administration because it yeah. was so eye opening and so powerful for us. And they were basically like, "No, this is too powerful for humans. Yeah. Cut it off." And it's so now so we're basically crazy. just like coming back to what we all know and what are like what our ancestors have been using for years to connect with earth, to connect with our brain, to see the unseeable. And I'm like, it just makes sense to me. It's, it seems it's natural. Exactly. I know it's, it's this weird, that's like the whole other podcast, but like the, the control from the government in terms of just like the fear, they don't want us to see or feel something that can't be controlled. And it's, yeah, it's sad. Like, but now it's cool. Like there's, we're living in a time right now where, you know, ketamine, is being used as a full treatment and it's an FDA approved drug and it's helping people. And ketamine is an amazing psychedelic as well. And, um, you know, it's been 
hidden for so long and now they're using it for therapy and for healing and you know it's even that's going to be interesting it's all it's all going to be so interesting because they're talking about mushrooms coming out and being legal and like well who controls the mushrooms like you saw it happen with weed and all of a sudden like the government got their hands on it and it's all labeled up in canada and it's so weird um so i i hope it i hope this evolves in a in a beautiful way and not this monetary giant way um because that's when it gets that's when it gets dark um so i hope that they can somehow legalize it and allow for people to be able to use it to heal but keep the sacredness of the plant somehow (laughs) yes i didn't even think about it that way but it's so true Mm. keeping the integrity for the plant and keeping it powerful and like sending keeping allowing it to keep its energy in this healing power mm-hmm. yeah wow, be, that's so beautiful next 10 years well we'll have to like wrap back around in a couple years and just be like sure. so how did that go exactly <laughs> i know actually we partnered with um field trip out in la and field trip is an amazing uh ketamine clinic that's doing um like one-on-one therapy with people who have ptsd or trauma or um just can't like they just need this need help or depression or anxiety um and we partner with them to do our breathworks uh they have in breathwork as part of their platform to be able to help integrate after the sessions which is pretty which wow. is pretty great yeah that's so cool wow yeah i i just love have had just such a good time listening to your story and <laughs> just this whole journey that you've been on sounds and i know you're just getting started so that's what's so exciting and just hearing almost like this full circle moment for you of, you know, where you are, where you, where you came from, where you are now and how you, like you manifested, you are, you are changing people's lives. I know I had this, oh my gosh, we, we've been hiring for essentially brand ambassadors for the new location for the our 40 person sauna. And um, I was sitting down just talking and meeting with these people. And I, I had this realization on the spot live with them. I'm just like, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe that, you know, hearing all the reason why they're there and what they want to do. And they just want to help people and make them feel as good as they feel. And, um, you know, sh- like spread the light of the healing benefits of the sun and the heat and the cold. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is not real. Like, this is my life. I get to meet these amazing people who are on the same mission as me. And listening to the stories of how it's helped them like this is just it's almost like pinching moments over and over now for me it's it's pretty amazing I'm I'm really happy and very uh very fortunate in my life well you made it happen like you're the one doing the work on yourself and committing on your mindset and your dream and I just think it's so beautiful I've like very much enjoyed this interview thank you so much one last question I have for you because I want to hear from you like why so someone's definitely listened to this and be like okay I'm in but why should someone start a breathwork practice like why Mm. would they start integrating into their life oh my gosh it's like it's the single most important thing I think we can do um you know James Nestor if anyone has ever heard of him or read his book breath you'll know what I'm talking about but he really outlines in this amazing tangible way and your breath is you know, we take 25,000 breaths a day. I bet you didn't know that. I bet you don't feel that, but it happens constantly. (laughs) And that is a lot. And your breath is this direct gateway into your nervous system. So if someone struggles with stress or anxiety, or they can't get their thoughts right, or they're 
um, just not feeling right in their body. Well, I can tell you right now that it's your nervous system. You're living in the fight or flight and you're living in the fight or flight because of technology, because of email apnea, because of um, the environment, the pollutions, the food we're eating, like we're stressing ourselves out. And everyone I know can agree with that. We are living in a stressed state. That's your fight or flight system and your nervous system being ramped up. And we're not fully resting at night, which is why people are struggling with sleep, which is why we're eating too much, which is why you're not feeling good in your body. And the reason I'm attacking it from this perspective is because there's truth behind all of this. Well, your breath is actually the mechanism that controls your nervous system. You can flip from the fight or flight system into the restroom digest by using your breath. And it's full science. Like it hundred percent happens because when you take, when you're in a fight or flight and when you're stressed out, you can think about if you're running away from a bear, you have these really short, shallow breaths that happen up on your chest and they're quick and they're rapid and they're through your mouth because you're trying to take in a lot of air and you're going, you're going. And it's built a mechanism built within us to keep us safe from harm. But when our email and our phone goes off, you're not actually in harm, but you're still breathing in this short, shallow way. So just by flicking your breath into a deep, full belly breath, so taking the breath in deep from your diaphragm, your lower lungs, in through your nose, which was meant for breathing, our mouths are meant for eating. So in through the nose, nice, slow, deep breath you are actually activating, there's a bunch of nerves and lobes, millions of them at the bottom of your lungs. And these directly communicate with your parasympathetic nervous system. And that is your fight, that's your rest and digest. So by taking in a full deep breath, by expanding the lower part of your lungs, you're sending tiny little messages by the millions, by the second, up your body to your brain saying, hey, whoa, I am calm. We're good, we're good. And you're able to flip yourself out of this really stressed state into a state of relaxation within three breaths. So having that knowledge and having that tool, it's, it's like a superpower. It's the most powerful thing you can possibly have because no longer are you going to be in stress and anxiety. No longer will that rule your life because a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I'm an anxious person. I can't get out of this. This is the way I am. Well, no, you have a tool and it's on you and you have 25,000 chances a day to use it. So by, I think, just shedding light on that and by people understanding that, it becomes this, shifts people out of like maybe a hopeless state into a state of control and um, just learning that. And that's just the very basics and just learning that, okay, I'm in, I'm in traffic. I'm just going to take some nice deep calm breaths and we can do them even on this podcast right now just take in three deep breaths in through your nose out the nose we'll do one more last one so relaxed like it works in three <laughs> breaths so it's it's just kind of I think an untapped superpower and people are just coming aware to how powerful the breath is um, and when you learn to harness it when you learn to bring this practice just into your day-to-day -day, it's going to make the biggest impact um, you know what we talked about today is a lot of the 
um, class styles and the upregulated and the quick styles that will get you to this tingling state and accessing your subconscious, which is amazing. 100% we should be doing those twice a week. But on the day-to-day fundamental level, just actually learning how to breathe right because 90% of us don't do it. 90% of us are over-breathers. We breathe through our mouth too much. So by switching just to basic nasal breathing on the day-to-day, you're going to notice a massive shift in your body. I 100% guarantee it. Um, So yeah, people just need to start listening and hearing. And it's cool because breathwork is right now at the forefront. It's what yoga was 20 years ago. Um, It's just becoming a really hot topic. So the more you're hearing it, please try it. Um, read some books, read Breath by James Nestor. Um, take our take our on-demand platform, which is turning into an app as well, which is so exciting. It's yeah, gonna be I'm launched. So at the end of the, yeah, launched at the end of the summer. So um, there's a lot of exciting accessible tools for breath work. Um, yeah, so I encourage everyone if you're interested at all to please check us out. Yes, I think in my link I'll have below, everyone can get a seven-day free trial, which is amazing. And I do breathwork every single morning. Everyone on the podcast, whenever I talk about mental health, knows that this has been, like, a tool. Also, wait, first Mm -hmm. I just want to say, mic drop to what you just said. Okay, coming back. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, it's completely changed my life. And so I I like to talk about in more like a mental health component of how like yeah. how you're talking about you know with anxiety and stuff with the shallow breathing and I've been told that my whole life and I was like cool I shallow breathe I don't know what to do about it <laughs> like, I know it sounds mm-hmm. so simple but taking control of my breath and just like starting the day with a breath work has honestly I, I say it so many times but it's just been so amazing so thank you for building your platform mm-hmm. thank you for building inward. Thank you for being you. And thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It has been so much fun. I'm so happy where this went. It's just like, I hope everyone learned a lot, opened their eyes. And on like, (laughs) it's definitely opened my eyes on just what is out there. And like, just what else there is to explore and realize about life and your body and what you innately already have and know. Mm-hmm. so beautifully said yeah it was a really fun conversation thank you so much for having me on today and I hope that all the listeners enjoyed and maybe you'll go to Burning Man and you'll try psychedelics you're going to try breath work there's a lot here um, so I hope you unpack it all and are curious and uh, continue to grow and learn okay thank you so so much Amanda we'll talk soon okay bye. thanks bye hey 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 Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, this is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life hypnotherapy is the way it actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire so if you want this free money hypnosis all you have to do is leave us a review you know honest review how you're feeling about the show take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. 
you guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all of their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much, you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use in manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love. Mwah!